Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Well, all right. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here together. You guys all say amen. All right. Good. We're in a series titled God Speak. And the point of this is really prayer, but it's learning God's language. It's not just the language of just speaking to God, but learning to listen to God. Because as we've mentioned before, that God has for himself the whole universe and every molecule, molecule within that universe to speak to you and I. There's nothing to be withheld because God has everything. And we've also established that before we ask, before we come to him, he says that he knows everything. He knows what you're going to ask, so ask it. And you say, well, why should we pray then? Because prayer is more than just getting stuff done or informing God about things he needs to know about. It is a conversation between his people and himself and his world. And that conversation happens on a daily basis, and it happens more when we are listening and looking for God to respond in our lives as opposed to, here's my specific request, and because it's my specific request, uh, I'm looking for this specific answer. And we, it's, it's much more nuanced and much more mysterious and much more meaningful all the way through. And God has designed it that way. Um, <clears throat> practice makes perfect, right? And so next week we're going to talk about very practical ways that you can start to imply this to your life so that you can begin to grow and get better and engage the conversation more fully. But this week, I want to talk about stress and stress of the holidays and how do we get through this in a way that we're using the language of heaven, we're using the the options to us to pray to God in a way that takes us beyond just this moment and the stress of the moment to something greater. And that, that is the process of practicing peace. And peace is a part of prayer, as we'll see. You know, Healthline magazine, or actually in Entrepreneur magazine, in an in a article titled Healthline, they, they stated that one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest stresses during the time of uh, vacation, especially the holiday season, is the, the, the family dynamics and the drama that is around. Can anyone say amen to that? I mean, there's just certain things that you can't bring up with certain members of your family at the table, right? There's these schedules that you have to deal with. Well, whose house are you going over to this time? Well, we're going to go over here, and we're going to have coffee and snacks, and then we're, then we're going to go have another meal, and then we have to go have another meal, and it can get very stressful. But the intent behind it is good because we want to be together. We want to share with each other. There's also one of the top concerns for people living in this country is the financial 
part of all of this, right? Credit cards, who do I get what? I mean, our family, we wrote the book on cheap. Uh, we draw names. <laughs> and uh, we put a limit on how much you can spend on that person. And, uh, but, but still, it's just all of the different customs, all of the different backgrounds, the way that we were raised, it can create stress. But they say the number one reason why there is stress during the holidays is the breaking of our timeline, breaking of our routine, doing something different, out of the ordinary, and that can bring stress because I can tell you as a person who just had their birthday on uh, Friday, don't cheer, it's not a good number. <laughs> I am officially heading over the hill. So <clears throat> anyway, that's another sad story. We'll leave for another time. But I can tell you that the older I get, the more I relish my routine. My routine saves me. There's a certain time I get up in the morning. Uh, there's a certain type of coffee at a certain time and uh, reading that I do and the list goes on and on and on. But that routine is important to me. And breaking that routine for many of us causes great stress. And you say, okay, Dave, this is stuff that we all know about. Okay, fine, you know about it. But I want to take us back to a time when Jesus was living with human beings in the flesh. And I know that we, a lot of us wish that we could have been in during that time. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to give up indoor plumbing. I really love that. I don't, I, this just, I don't know if I could do it. But anyway, it was an incredible time. And people, there were people who were near him who experienced him in ways that were so real. And he was so human in his interactions with other people. It's not like he was always walking around sort of glowing, you know, when they turn and they catch their eye and he's glowing over in the corner, you know. That's not what was happening. He was somebody that traveled with him, someone who ate with him, someone who talked with him, and yet there was a sense that they got from the Holy Spirit that this guy was different. This guy was the Messiah. So we've all heard the story, maybe not all of us, um, the story of Mary and Martha. Two sisters, they had a brother that Jesus, his name was Lazarus, Jesus raised him from the dead, right? Well, the interesting thing about this is that they would stop by and go to their house and, and Martha would invite them over and this was sort of the dynamic. Martha was the worrier who worked really hard, who was concerned about, do we have enough food? Is there an, enough table settings? Do we have enough drink? Uh, and Mary was concerned about Jesus. Let's read in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. <clears throat> And if you're opening up your home to Jesus, you're opening up to a party of 12 plus one. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, Holiday food preparation used to be pretty simple, right? 
you, you make a ham or a turkey or maybe some lamb, and then you get some potatoes and some stuffing, and that's what it is. But now it's dietary concerns out the nose. Uh, are you vegetarian? Are you pescatarian? Uh, are you <laughs> gluten-free? Are, are, what, what is your dietary concerns? I grew up with heavy milk allergies, and so I couldn't have milk and all of that stuff. And, we, and so this year at my family's gathering, we had all of those concerns, but people were such good cooks. It was awesome. But it's said here that 67% of the people who responded to this survey said that they prepared food for, the, for everyone together, and 52% said that those who were gathering had dietary concerns for the people who were eating there. But it's interesting, though, they said, how much would you pig out? Those percentage of the people who were surveyed, they asked them, how, how much of you want to pig out? And an impressive 45% said that they would eat and drink whatever they wanted to. 53% said they were going to watch calories, but we all know that they were lying. We had Thanksgiving, we had uh, a Christmas party the other night, I've got to go to another Christmas party on Tuesday, and I, I expect to be well on over 300 pounds by the new year. But how can you go to a place and not eat? My, my family gives me this, uh, I, I don't know, I have a favorite cake, I know all of you probably have a favorite cake, but my favorite cake is the Chantilly cake from Whole Foods. Can anyone say amen to that? Amen. It's so good. It's so healthy. It's full of berries, and uh, it's so light. And I have a little bit left waiting for me after this service. Martha's choice was like, I'm going to be consumed about all of this stuff. And it is consuming, isn't it? And she tells Jesus... She prays. She talks to God. She talks to Jesus and she says, why won't the rest of the house help me with this? Tell my sister to get in here and help me. It's not fair. And there was a difference because Mary had made a different choice. She made a better choice. Verse 41, Jesus responds to Martha this way. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. You see, in the midst of all of the hustle and bustle, all of the thoughts, are we going to require people to have masks in our home? Do they need to be vaxxed, double vaxxed, triple vaxxed? Do they need to be vacuumed? I don't know. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? How are we going to work this out? All of these concerns. And Jesus is calling to us today and saying, Martha, hey, none of this stuff really matters that much. None of this stuff really matters all that much. So the mashed potatoes are a little cool. Fine. So you didn't get the right kind of dessert. Fine. The devil's eggs were kind of bland. 
Not good. Um, so, what's the most important thing? Well, I really didn't have enough money to get the gifts that I wanted to give to people. Or I really didn't get the gift that I wanted this Christmas. There's a supply shortage of plastic junk sitting off of the coast of California. What are we going to do, America? Oh. Amazon. Really? Jesus looks at us and says, what are you doing? You're freaked out. You're stressed out. You're going to go in debt. You're worried about all of this stuff. You're going to bake cookies for people that some of the people will go, this is amazing, and others will throw it in the trash. Now, I'm not the kind of person to throw it in the trash. <clears throat> what is really important during this Christmas time, during the time of Advent? What is really important? Well, we celebrate the birth of baby Jesus. Uh, he's not in the manger, so it must not be Christmas Eve. We, 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 we celebrate that the Christ, the Messiah, has come into the world to save humanity, to be humanity, to be with us. We celebrate all of that, and then we spend all of our time doing something else other than slowing down, relaxing, and thinking about him, and listening to him, and reading about him, and enjoying his presence, and enjoying our family. I mean, <clears throat> go over to somebody's house, it's fine if you just have a cup of water. If they have coffee, that's awesome. Tea, even better. But do you really need to force yourself into a stressful, hurried situation that all it does is cause strife. You notice when you get stressed out that you're kind of short-tempered? You know? You're, I mean, most of us, when we get stressed out, are not really... It just really calms me down when I get stressed out. And I deal with people in a really good way. I'm just... It just you know, it, it, we get on each other's nerves more easily. And, and Jesus said, Martha, thanks for dinner. But... All of this isn't necessary. In fact, there's only one thing that's necessary. And as we approach this Christmas season, remember this. There's only one thing that is necessary. And that's worshiping and honoring the Lord and loving the company of our friends and our family and our fellowship and enjoying that and taking the pressure off yourself taking the pressure off of everybody else and focusing the attention on the Lord himself. So as we head into this season, hurried or not, think about slowing down and ask yourself, <clears throat> what are the things that are needful? What is truly needed during this time? And what are the things that I'm just stressing out because I want to get it done? And then choose the best. Choose the best. Worship more. Spend less. Give more. Enjoy your friendships more. That's what it's about. And Jesus calls us into that conversation with him where he says, there's a lot of things you can be out doing, but I invite you to come 
and set and enjoy me. You see, that, my friends, is where prayer gets exciting. <sighs> Stress and anxiety during this time of year is terrible. And it's hard for us to drop that anxiety. The Mayo Clinic offers tips to prevent holiday stress and depression. First of all, they say take a breather. Make some time for yourself. Spend just 15 minutes alone without distractions. It may refresh you enough to handle everything that you want to get done. Find something that reduces stress by clearing your mind, slowing your breathing, and restoring your inner calm. Some options may include taking a walk at night, stargazing, listening to soothing music. Although, if you're walking out in Albuquerque at night, just if you hear gunshot, run. Hey, I live here. Listening to soothing music, getting a, a massage, reading a book, okay? These, these are things that uh, a secular organization, a medical organization, and I think they're good options for us. But if we took that walk and we looked at the stars and we thought of the Lord and we began to worship him and thank him for his creation, as we look at the lights around our neighborhood, as we look at the trees, we can think of, you are the light of the world, God. And all of this illuminates and glorifies you. What that does is it gives you a moment of perspective where you're not just talking some religious talk into the air, but you're calming yourself by reminding yourself that you are living in God's world and you're engaging God in that prayer and conversation. And when that takes place, things change in you. And when things change in you, things change in the world. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Be happy in the Lord. What do you have to be thankful for? Uh, Steve gave a, a wonderful message about thankfulness. But that thankfulness should lead us to rejoicing in God and thinking about all the good things that he's done. Because, I hate to say it, but God oftentimes, we hear these terms like rejoice in the Lord, and you can go to Hobby Lobby and there's some rejoice signs, you know, and you can put them on your wall and it can feel good. But have you ever honestly considered being really thankful and rejoicing in God? Saying, wow, what a beautiful day. What a wonderful Lord. Thank you, Lord, for whatever it is in your life. And rejoice in that. What does that do? Number one, it strengthens your relationship with God. Number two, it begins to restore and build that, that goodness in you because the loss of hope is so destructive in the human life. And then he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Gentleness is so, so looked over when it comes to personal, personal virtues. Let your gentleness be known to all. That God wants us to walk in this world not as some stomping creature asking for their way all along the way, but someone who is rejoicing and thankful and they wouldn't hurt a fly. 
that they are very gentle with people's feelings. They're gentle with people's emotions because they understand how fragile human beings are. And you can be known for a lot of things. Oh, bad temper. Okay, good. Uh, Oh, you know, never keeps a promise. Oh, gentle. How many of you think, I'm not saying raise your hand, but you personally, most of us don't think about, you know, I need to be more gentle. That, he says, that is a mark of someone who knows that they are walking near to the Lord, that the Lord is nearby. And they understand what God requires, you know. I mean, I know that I'm gentle. You know why? I haven't killed my dogs. If you were around my dogs, you would say, yeah, you should probably do something about that. Because you'll be laying and taking a nap and they will bark at the highest tone in, in our house that has wood floors, and I, I swear, I haven't had a, a stroke yet, but if you, if you ever hear that I do, you know the reason why. But there's something about God working in you and learning to love something and love someone that pulls gentleness out of you in a way that, that causes you not to want to respond in a way that would be hurtful at all. Think about your relationships, how much better they would be if that was your hallmark. Then it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Very packed sentence is something that you and I should hold dear to our memory and to our daily activity. Don't be anxious. Well, I got all this stuff to get done. We have all these people coming over. We, we, we have to spend all this money, and I, I've been out of work, and I'm, I'm worried about it. I don't want to catch COVID. I don't want to give COVID. And there's a lot to be anxious about. And he says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious at all. Turn that anxious nervousness over to action. Okay? Don't be anxious, but in every situation, by prayer, that means turning it over, giving it to God. God, I can't do anything about this. I do my best but I only have so many resources, so much time, so much energy, and I'm going to turn this over to you because all I'm able to do about it is worry. And if all you can do is worry about it, you can't actually change anything, then turn it over to God and let it go. You see, by not being anxious is is not just leaving anxiousness behind, but it is an action whereby I am purposely leaving my problems in the hands of God by prayer, by speaking to God, and by petitions before God. That you understand that he knows what you need even before you ask. So come asking fully in faith, not doubting. You know, don't, don't ever pray like this. Well, God, you know I got some trouble. I know you're pretty busy and you probably don't like, you know, deal with people like me. But, you know, if you think you could ever get around to it, I mean, come on. 
No. You don't want to talk to anybody that way. If you know him, if you've established a relationship with him, then come to him as if he knows before you're asking and tell him what's going on. I'm stressed out. And here's the reason that I'm stressed out. You know that. And I need your help, Lord. I want to rejoice. I don't want to be anxious. And I'm giving this to you right now. There's a situation going on in my family. There's someone that we have just had to take to the hospital the other day. And so God, it's so complicated, God. And I, and I need your help. And I want your peace. And I want to be gentle in all of this. Because, Jesus, I believe that you're near. I know that you're near. I know that you are in the fabric of my life, in the fabric of this world. And I don't want to be stressed out, weirded out, walking around with you. I want to live like, you're very near and I'm okay. You're very near and I'm okay. I remember when I was about five years old, um, we had gone to a local carnival. You know, one of those weird things that they have all of the creepy sideshows and very dangerous rides with a lot of sketchy people hanging out. My family loved going to those places. <laughs> Fond memories. But I can remember holding someone's hand, which I thought was my father's hand. And... I was looking around, and I saw in the distance my mom calling my name. And I don't know how I got there. And they were panicked when they got to me, and they were thankful to. I can't remember the gentleman's face. He was way too tall. But I, I can remember that moment of shock and the feeling that somehow I was not with who I thought I should be with. Panic. 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 Kids without their parents, panic. And if you are living with the thought that, that you are not near to God or that he is somewhere far off, then that creates more anxiety and more fear. A part of the conversation of prayer is actually learning to remember that he is near. Remember, the Lord is near. Not far away. He can hear you. He can see you. He knows what's going on with you. And so that should give us the confidence daily that we need to, to stay away from being anxious. Because anxious means that, well, God's not with me. He can't help me. And nothing's going to be right. But if you realize that he's there, you can't get yourself up in a crazy tizzy. Because you recognize his presence. That he hears everything. He knows all things. That's it. That's what God calls us to do. Let your gentleness and your peace be obvious. Wear it on your sleeve. Don't be anxious. Stop it. The Lord's near. And in every situation, pray and present your request to God with thanksgiving. At the same time, you're asking, you are thanking God. And this will happen if you put it into practice. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which 
transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is the peace of God. It means the peace that God, that comes from God. The peace that is of God is to be with you. A peace that is so wonderful, it escapes comprehension. I know many of you have experienced that in your own life. When you should have been anxious, when you should have been afraid, when you should have been losing your your mind and losing your hope, there was the peace of God that you recognized that he was nearby and you began to experience that on a daily basis, moment by moment. And when we practice this type of peace, recognizing God is near, he knows what's going on, let him know, trust him, and then leave it in his hands. If we continue to practice this, my friends, we can't help but find peace in our lives aside from the circumstances. Aside from the circumstances, we'll find it. This peace from God will, number one, guard our hearts. It will also guard our minds, and and it will also keep us in the Messiah, Jesus. I love the way that the message translates this. It says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. Doesn't that sound sound good? All of that will come together to settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of our hearts. It's wonderful. You see, it's the practice of peace. That means you should probably sit down, if you haven't already, and plan ahead. Plan ahead so that the tension and the anxiety is harder to get to you, right? I, I'm one of those guys, I was the worst when it came to shopping for everybody for Christmas. I love shopping the day before Christmas Eve or on Christmas Eve. That's why I'm not known as a good gift giver. Oh, Orville Redenbacher popcorn. Thank you so much. Learn to say no, okay? Guard yourself, guard your mind, guard your time, and guard your schedule. Say yes to when someone's in need as much as you can, but say no to the things that are not absolutely necessary that you know are going to put you in a tailspin. Just say no to them. It's okay. Just say no and say yes to the Lord. And don't, whatever you do, don't abandon your healthy habits. If you you know yourself, you have a certain amount of self-awareness, you know what gets you through. You know what makes you feel right. You know the things that keep you healthy mentally, spiritually, physically. Don't give up on those things. 
Hold on to those things because they help carry you through and prolong a lasting peace from day to day. All right. Philippians 4, verses 8, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You say, well, what does this have to do with prayer? Prayer, as we mentioned, is a conversation with God. (coughs) And a part of that conversation is learning to practice what he tells you to do. (coughs) Um, I don't have a personal trainer. See, oh, newsflash, Dave. We didn't think you had a personal trainer. But I did have, at a time, for a number of years, a friend who was concerned about my health, and, and, uh, and so he would meet me at 5.30 every morning, and we would do terrible things to me. He seemed fine. I looked almost dead at the end of every time. But it only worked if I would do what he said. Learn from me. I've done this before. This is how it's going to feel. Here's what you should be eating. This is what you should be monitoring. And you think it was kind of a lot of work. But if you continually do it day after day after day after day, things begin to change in your life. And Jesus is saying, I'm near. Come with me. Let's have a conversation where you're not just talking to me all the time, but maybe that you're listening to me. And maybe that you're learning from me. Maybe you're learning something from my word. Maybe you're learning things from other believers. Maybe you're learning things from circumstances in your life. Maybe the Holy Spirit is teaching you things. Okay? And, and I want you to, to start putting them into practice because when you do, they're going to make a difference in who you are and what you say and what you believe, what you do. And I want the best for you. And the best for you may not be answering some of the weird prayers that you have, right? I, I know that I'm guilty of praying weird prayers. And I know that if I am, I'm surely some of you have had some prayers that you look back on and go, that was lame. If we truly believe that he wants the best for us, then we have to let the conversation move us to practice and practicing his peace so that we begin to experience it, begin to walk like him. Maybe we can start running with him. Maybe we can start doing things with him, learning to listen to him more. That's when prayer gets amazing. That's when prayer changes your life. That's when things really begin to move. So, the mind is where the action is. And 
what we think about will either stress us out or bless us out, okay? We can either be stressed out or blessed out. So if you want to be blessed out, put into a practice what the Apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, have been saying. Whatever's true, think about those things. Not all the craziness. Guys, I'm so happy that we now can find out what's going on around the globe in some part of the world that we never knew about in nanoseconds. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't technology wonderful? It's like now we have to be stressed out about countries that we never even knew existed. Who are these people? I don't know. I just stress out about it. It's kind of dangerous. Saw a news story. Uh, <clears throat> house caught on fire because of an enormous amount of infestation of snakes. That house should have burned down. <laughs> I'm all for it. But I had to get stressed out about it. Whatever is noble, that is the highest of human values, something that is greater than, something that's better than, something that's better for all. Think about those things. Whatever is right, think about that. Whatever is pure, think about that. Whatever is lovely, think about that. What is, whatever is admirable, put your mind on that. Anything that is praiseworthy or excellent, think about it. As we go into this season, let's not be the stressed out, freaked out people. Let's be the people who are blessed out, gentle, kind, ready to help. Open our schedules so that we can be free, free to walk with the, walk with the Lord through this time and enjoy his presence. Sound good? It does, doesn't it? I'll finish up by reading this passage in the message. Summing, uh, summing, summing, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, Authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not to curse. Put it into practice what you have learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God who makes everything work together will work you into the most excellent Now we know it. Blessed if we do it. This morning, I'm so thankful that you're here today. If you're visiting with us, you're my personal guest. I'm so glad you're here. But I, but I want to know coming into this season, if, if you haven't surrendered your heart to Christ and you want to do that this morning, I'd just like you to raise your hand. You know, and, and, if, you, and if you feel shy about it, don't feel shy. It's a church what we do. We talk about God all the time. We pray for people and all of that kind of stuff. If, if, if you would like me to pray for you this morning, just raise up your hand, slip it up. Everybody else, just bow your head. So if, if someone's feeling a little self-conscious here, just raise it up. 
anybody here be glad to pray for you. Awesome. I see you in the back. Anybody else? All right, just pray along with me. Lord, I surrender my life. I give all I am, the good things, the bad things, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins, which I know are many. I turn it all to you, Lord, and I ask that your spirit would come into my life and I would experience the freedom, Lord, of all that you call us to. Oh, God, I thank you and love you, and I receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.